Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everyone, how you doing out there? It's time for the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. That guy over there is BMAC. He is the founder and the creator of CFBDynasty.com. We're going to be talking about our reactions to week six, what's going to be happening in week seven. There's a lot of stuff we need to talk about today, a lot of stuff we want to talk about today. So let's get right down to it. First, BMAC, how are you doing today? How are you feeling about what happened in week six? Oh, man, it was an awful week six for my team. If you if you run down my roster real quick and, and who I started, feeling pretty good about it going into the week. Um, but I, I had two touchdowns outside of the quarterback um which was really rough so i i lost a really low scoring terrible pillow fight of a game uh between me and josh reed but daquan fan had a pretty good game at 27 but then you look down marquez cooper and and kent state was never able to get it going running the ball against miami of ohio he ended with 4.6 shipley man he's been up and down not or not up and down. He's been consistently fine. Uh, he's he's not like putting up the 33, 43 type of games. He's, you know, comfortably in the 12 to 25 range every week and not getting a ton of touches. Hopefully that changes, but the but Clemson beat out beat down uh, Boston College 31-3. Shipley ended with a touchdown and 33 yards for 10 points in yeah. fantasy. Rice went off with 12 catches, 122 yards, no touchdowns. I had uh, Tyler Scott for Cincinnati go down with an injury in the first quarter. Didn't stat. Uh, Worthy, 29 yards and a touchdown. Bowers didn't score. Chase Brown had a bunch of yards. Didn't score. Just a big struggle bus for me last week, but we'll be... uh, Hopefully turning it around this week. How about you, man? So, uh, you know, I, w- I was happy with the fact that I got some wins. Um, as you've heard us say in the podcast before, last week I was uh, um, going to New York Comic Con. So when we recorded this, I was actually at New York Comic Con on the show floor this past week. And uh, if you've ever been to a gigantic show like that, Friday and Saturday are so busy that, like, you almost have to take refuge behind your table. Um, I left the table one time on Saturday to get coffee. And um, I basically had to just let the crowd kind of like like a wave on the ocean, like kind of get me back to my table. It was so busy. <laughs> there was like a queue of 70 people long just to get on the escalator. Um, but I'm always trying to pay attention, trying to watch as much uh, college football, as much pro football as I can when I'm at a show like that. And um, even though I won my games, I had buyer's remorse over someone I did not buy. Someone you yeah. heard us talk about last week. Um, on the podcast, um, it sucks when you don't get injury reports in college and you're not sure when you hear a guy's got a shoulder injury, especially as a running back. Um, you've got to be very careful, especially in leagues like ours where you've got limited pickups. I skipped out on uh, on picking up Israel Abanaconda for Pitt. And just like every other person out there that did not ouch. pick him up, ouch, Israel Abanaconda, if you do not know what this cat did last week, 320 yards, six touchdowns, the most out of a running back since Jared Patterson's insane 409-yard, eight-touchdown performance in 2020. 
Um, <laughs> as far as I remember, I think we'd have to go back and look. I think it may be the number two overall running back performance of all time, uh, at least in the last decade. And um, sitting out there, you know, on our waiver wire last week, everybody in our chat was just going, man, I'm really, you know, I, I'm really stupid for not picking him up. But you also were smart. You could, it was kind of hard to move to put that waiver wire pick in on a guy that you that had a his arm in a sling after the past week's game. You but, know, maybe that's a good some good content to build where you say the best single game fantasy performances of college football history. That might be something we could we could build. We we've done the I think it was this summer we did the all time season long performances of all time and like Barry Sanders crushes everyone else at running back, etc. It's really fun content to kind of see and then you can check check out your current players and kind of see how they're stacking up against all-time performances um but yeah man the best games of all time that'd be a good one yeah that was uh and the thing about a bonaconda's game even though it was a huge game scored tons of points that jared patterson game literally changed the outcome of fantasy playoffs that happened in the fantasy playoffs and basically if you had jared patterson at that point you know that i don't remember was it in the semis or was it the finals it was the final so the finals, if fantasy, you had Jared, yeah. yeah, if you had Jared Patterson, you basically won your game. Uh, Abanaconda, you didn't, you, you, you weren't going to the playoffs cause you had him, but that's a huge guy. We'll talk about him a little bit more uh, in the podcast, but that was a, a huge, huge performance. The top performance in the week. Uh, I think he was the top score period, including quarterbacks. He was the top score, the number one score in, in all of fantasy last week. If I, that's if correct. I remember correctly, that's crazy, that's correct. yep. crazy. And you're talking about a power five school. He wasn't playing at FCS cupcake he was playing virginia tech in conference um if i was a virginia tech defender i would be feeling really bad right now because uh <laughs> you know you got to know when the fourth quarter is coming that abonacon is going to get the ball again you how are you going to let him go out there and drop 320 break tony dorsett's pit record that is huge that's insane um another guy that i didn't start that i that would have won me my game but i just probably i still would not make that that decision jackson dart um, had a pretty good game. I think he put up like 45 fantasy points. And Jonathan Mingo had 48. Uh, kind of a breakout game for a lot of player, a lot of fantasy guys. Kind of flip flopped on who they thought would be Ole Miss's wide receiver one. And it's just kind of, it's been uh, not good for fantasy, not consistent. So maybe Mingo will get hot and finish the season hot as Dart continues to improve. Would you expect him to do under Kiffin? Um, we just thought it was going to happen. You know, week one, we thought we were going to see uh, what we saw from Jackson Dart at USC. Where we, th- we thought we were going to see that in the spring. And then it took him up till like end of the season to actually win that job. So we'll see if we can uh, get that Ole Miss offense rolling along, the passing game specifically rolling along there. Um, All right, so next, on, next up, you got C.J. Stroud. He's back on track. Let's talk a little bit about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, big, big game for him. Um, and he you know, shared it between Ekbuka, between uh, Harrison Jr. Like, they all had really great fantasy performances uh, last week. So, back on track, and, you know, that's why we very commonly have him up at number one in our quarterback rankings. Um, How about this? How does this sound? Consistently great Bo Nix, yet again in fantasy. Yeah, that's uh, not not something that that you expected coming into this year, but it is it's it's nice when you got a guy that you know you can count on every single week. There's there's not a lot of them this year, uh, especially you know, and we're not talking about wide receivers at the moment, but you look at the wide receiver position, and it's very rare to have a guy that is actually 
getting consistent points at wide receiver. So it's good to go anywhere and get somebody you know is going to score good every week. Yeah, I wonder how Auburn fans feel about that. <laughs> it's got to be rough. Uh, so we've got Quentin Johnston. Um, thank you for joining the elite uh, fantasy performances. Like he was a easy top 10 wide receiver. Well, I'd say easy top 10. He's definitely easy top 15 fantasy receiver going into the season uh, across the board. And just has done nothing. He was averaging like three points a game. Um, and he, I think, went for 34, and a uh, great game out of him. Um, another receiver, this is more on the the Devi-style platform here. We're looking at Evan Stewart. I think he, he got like 17 or 18 targets against Alabama and had a really good game, a um, couple of fantastic catches. And there's certainly opportunity for more if, if he continues uh, to get – I mean, you can't expect him to continue to get 18 targets or something like that in a game. But if he's getting 10, 12, and a couple of those are deep shots every game, which they should be, um, you got to like Evan Stewart. You can probably buy him uh, not as low as you could have a couple weeks ago. But if you're looking for a trade target like a, on the cheap, you know you might be able to sway him away uh, in some cases because he's potentially about to... To bust out depending on what happens with that AM offense. And that was just a great game overall. I guess you didn't catch much of the Bama AM game, but they I didn't get to catch much. I did catch the score. I was following following the score, and it's just one of those it should never have been the kind of game that it was <laughs> for certain. Yeah, it was a it was a fun game to watch. Um Jalen Milrow, you know, didn't have the breakout. Uh I, I asked some of the some of our guys on the Discord that morning because at that point, um, still hadn't heard anything about Bryce Young, and I was a little nervous. I had Daquan Finn or Jalen Milrow that I was debating, because um, but Milrow, couple fumbles and uh, at least one pick, and just didn't have a great game. Didn't have a terrible game in terms of fantasy. I think he he scored maybe four or five, just less than than Daquan Finn. But um, risky start going into a big game this week against Tennessee. It's going to be a a fun one where we still haven't heard much about much positive about Bryce Young. And then Texas OU, like that was in uh, the last last week six reaction that just stood out. Like that Oklahoma offense was pitiful without Dylan Gabriel. So they should yeah. get Gabriel back and have things turn around for Mims and, and the rest of that offense. But dang, to get shut out. But still, it's it, the thing is, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma should not be that shallow of a roster. That yeah. team should be deep. There should be someone else that can come in and be able to, I mean, maybe they're not going to win the game, but zero points. I mean, that's horrible. How is Oklahoma in a situation <laughs> where they're that shallow roster-wise? Agreed. Agreed. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. All right. So so BMAC put up a really cool tweet just before this uh, past week's game started. Um, if you're on the CFB Dynasty Twitter, it's just CFB Dynasty um, at CFB Dynasty. You go up there, put up a tweet that says the all bust year to date in college fantasy. Now, the cool thing about this is, and this has happened a couple of times already this year. I talked about you want to stay away from Boise State two weeks ago when they um, when they fired their their coach or the fire coordinator. Their quarterback decided to uh, 
uh, to transfer. And what have they done since then? They've had two amazing performances. They've gotten back on the, on the schneid. They're doing exactly what you'd expect the Boise State offense to do after we called them out. BMAC puts this tweet up. We're going to let him go through it. And as soon as he puts this tweet up, you know that these guys were reading this in the locker room because virtually every <laughs> one of them decided to actually show up this week. BMAC, let's go to the tweets. Yeah, Van, so Van Dyke was our our all-bust quarterback, and there's a few few guys in there. We had some good dialogue going back and forth in the, the comments there, but um, Van Dyke is who I went with and uh, had a good bounce-back game. He was solidified as the starter, and uh, you had Travion Henderson, who uh, finally went over 100 and got a touchdown for Ohio State. Uh, Tavion Thomas of Utah, he came back, had a really good game this past week. Kayshawn Boutte got his first touchdown uh, of the season. Quentin Johnson, we talked about him. He busted out for 34 fantasy points finally. And Jermaine Burton got his first touchdown. Now, Michael Trigg uh, got some bad news. He's, he's basically going to be out for the season, so he will finish the year on the all bus team we'll see if the rest of these guys can kind of pick it up for the stretch run as we it's so crazy that we're halfway through the college football season which means we're closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs all right so um we're gonna we're gonna have a really fun segment here coming up just a little bit but before we get there we're gonna go to a very special milk carton for this week very special milk carton so BMAC really didn't want to do this segment this week because most of the people on the segment come from his homemade CFB Dynasty roster. So we're going to start nothing off. nothing to say. Nothing yeah, at we're, all. We're going to start off with Marquez Cooper, Kent State. We've talked about him a lot, that Kent State offense. Uh, there's some guys that are really uh, performing well, but Marquez Cooper, only 41 total yards this week. That's not good. That's I'm not good. Come continue to be myself here. Come on, come on, Marquez Cooper. And then another guy on BMX roster, not somebody that he would have played in any circumstance this week, but Phil Jerkovic, you had 188 yards, three sacks and a fumble loss, single digit points as a as a high-end college quarterback. Yes, you were against Clemson, but come on, you got to do a little bit better than that for BMAC. BMAC still muted, I love it. Next, we're going to go to a guy that has tormented <laughs> BMAC for years, he is probably the single most frustrating player in college fantasy football for the last few years, and that's Eric Gilbert. Are you going to play this year or what? Don't play for a couple weeks, suit up, warm it up, still don't play. He's like that fool's gold. You think you're going to have this guy. You keep holding on to him, but you just can't bear to cut him because you <laughs> think he's going to either do something great here or he's going to be somebody great in the pros. But Eric Gilbert is just the fool's gold on BMAC's roster. Can't play him, can't cut him. He's just there taking up a roster spot. Guess I'll just continue to wait. And then to, to be to, to be nice to BMAC, got one guy from my roster that's going to make it on here. Mac Hippenhammer from uh, Miami of Ohio. Highly touted wide receiver, top 10 preseason ranking. Um, one reception for five yards. We're into the conference schedule now. You got to be doing better than one reception for five yards. Come on, man. And then last but not least, we already talked about him once. We are going to have the milk carton. You turn it around the entire Oklahoma offense. What <laughs> the world is going on in Oklahoma? 
We should never see Oklahoma getting shut out. I don't care if they're playing Alabama. Oklahoma should never be dropping a goose egg at this point in the season. If you started somebody on Oklahoma's offense, you probably had a pretty crappy day, pretty crappy <laughs> weekend last weekend. Yeah, like you said, that was just unbelievable that they could just get no points. So that, and, and it wasn't even like, I mean, if it was like, hey, it was a 10 nothing game, it's one thing. But dropping 49 on them, you know that some of those guys probably just quit halfway through the game. What do we got to do to get off this field? Can we run clock? Can we uh, have 10-minute running clock quarters like they did last week? Um, but, yeah, that, that's rough. So, like I said, that's that's a quick version of the milk carton this week, uh, partially because we want to get to a really fun new segment. I know that BMAC's goal this week is to have nobody on the milk cartons for next week. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right, so we got a great new segment this week. It's it's a one-time thing. So uh, we're going to go to the mid-season redraft. BMAC, tell everybody what this means. What is the mid-season redraft? What are we talking about? All right, so if if we were to wipe all the rosters right now for your league and redraft them right now for the rest of the season for like to, to position your roster best, so it's kind of a reset if you're doing a mid-season draft uh, for the rest of this season to try and win the title. So who would be your pick and then how does you know how does it compare to what we thought going into the season so there's definitely some big differences uh that are that are kind of surprising but at number one if you took one or so it's basically one or the other guy um one of them is good one of them is not on our list at all for the top 24 picks if we were to do a redraft right now and um I've got Bijan Robinson number one. If we were drafting right now and I had the first pick for the rest of this season, I'd take Bijan Robinson. He's averaging 25.8 fantasy points a game and uh, just super consistent all season long. What do you think about that one? I think that it's, it's kind of hard to go away from Bijan Robinson. I think, I think one thing that people need to understand too, the guidelines for this redraft is not as much about what they've done to this point. It's what you think they're going to do as the season continues. It's redraft till the end of the season. It's not dynasty. It's not these are guys we want to keep on our team for next season or guys we're looking college to pro. It's just guys to get through to the end of the season. Uh, kind of hard to not take Bijan Robinson. Um, I know that I would, uh, We'll get to this a little bit later. I know if I was drafting, I would probably draft a little differently based on what I think the guys are going to do for the rest of the year. Um, but that's good. That's why you have different guys doing drafts. That's good. All right. So uh, at number two, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, who a lot of people were skeptical. I think we had him ranked um, higher than everyone else in, in our league, but we certainly didn't have him. Uh, averaging, he's averaging a little better than Bijan Robinson in fantasy points per game. He's coming off an injury. Looks like he'll be good to go. I think this week against Illinois on the road. Um, so he's he's got 108 fantasy points uh, to date, which puts him puts him at RB 25 for fantasy points. But in terms of points per game, he's uh, he's number two at 20 27 fantasy points per game. What do you think there? I, like I said, it's kind of hard to, uh, to to say anything bad about any of the guys at the top of this draft. Um, you know, Ibrahim, I'm just glad to see him. Uh, I'm just glad to see him back back near the top of the list. I feel like the it was unjust at the beginning of the season how low he was. I know that there was uh, people having him at like RB20 yeah. in some rankings. I'm like, he, he was definitely not that guy. I mean, he, he was going to come back from the injury. 
So glad to see him actually performing where, where you would expect. Uh, now, number three is more of a projection based on what he's done the last couple weeks. He's he's currently the RB12 in fantasy points, but Jameer Gibbs for Alabama, especially with the Bryce Young injury, I think they're going to lean on that running game uh, from Jameer Gibbs. And he's averaging just 19 fantasy points per game, but over the last two weeks, he's averaging a ton more than that. So I expect him to continue to kind of blossom into what we all thought he would be at Alabama going into the season. So if you drafted him, uh, you were probably having to draft him during the season around this spot. He was, I think, a top five running back average draft position, somewhere in there. So him at three and kind of gearing up towards the playoffs, you gotta love it if you took him. But whereas earlier in the season, the first four weeks, you're like, man, when is he gonna get more than 10 or 12 touches in a game? Yeah, definitely, definitely some patience needed to be be used with Jameer Gibbs right there because, again, this is not just based on year-to-date. If you look at the last few weeks, just like you can look at on uh, CFB Dynasty on the rankings, you can look at the last three weeks, see what he's trending to do. He is absolutely trending upwards and trending to be in that spot where we expect him to be at the beginning of the year. So yeah. uh, number four, uh, the team at four drafted Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. What do you think they'll be, Matt? So he's getting um... – the full load at running back. And that's something that was questionable going into the season. Um, and he's just, he's just the man he's getting, you know, 21 and a half fantasy points per game. He's currently the RB five and total fantasy points from the running back position. And the schedule looks really good. So they play at BYU, which is really, you know, it's overall a difficult game, but that's got a high over under expect a lot out of Sanders this week. Um, then they play on the road again at Auburn, but then they get Liberty. Then they get a kind of struggling LSU team, which we'll see kind of how they are. Are they spiraling by then or are they making a comeback um, to finish the year strong? We'll see. Then they host uh, Ole Miss and then they play on the road at Missouri during the fantasy championship. So I like the schedule and he's someone that's an every week starter. It would be hard to sit him in any of those games. And then uh, the team of five drafted Chase Brown from Illinois. I think that uh, one of the one of the things you want to look for when uh, when you're looking for guys that are going to help you to get to the uh, the playoffs and beyond is uh, consistency and how many times they're touching the ball. Um, wide receivers are always going to be the 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 wild card there because a wide receiver needs to have the quarterback get them the ball for them to get their touches. Chase Brown for the last five weeks has had over 20, 20 or more carries in every game. He's had over a hundred yards in every game. And uh, that's huge. Now his touchdown numbers are a little bit down. You want to see him getting a little more touchdowns than he has. But uh, when you've got a running back at a power five school that is getting, you know, 20, 25, 30 carries every single week and going over a hundred yards, that's the kind of performance that you want to see because those are the kind of guys that are probably going to have a breakout game. They're going to find somebody where they can uh, just blow up and at those 20, 25 carries are going to turn into a 200-yard game and four touchdowns. Yeah, he had a touchdown called back against Iowa. And uh, you just, yeah, if touchdowns are weak, but yet he's still averaging 21 fantasy points a game. So you expect, you know, when the touchdowns start to come, if they pile up, he could be higher on this list for sure. Um, but you kind of just are expecting them to go up. And Illinois ranked now. Um, at number five, 
Uh, we've got our first receiver off the board, uh, Rasheed Rice. He is our wide receiver 13. He's at 22 fantasy points per game. And um, listen to this in terms of targets. Now, uh, how does this sound? Last five games. 12, 13, 19, 13, 18. Um, yeah, that's that's inc- that's an incredible number of targets for a single week. For yeah, single so so like you love the UTSA wide receivers and the points they're putting up. You love the Ohio State receivers and the points they're putting up. But you do expect Smith and Jigba to come back at some point, and and he's gonna take some of those targets away. The UTSA three, you know, they share the targets. Um, you know, the third receiver that's not in our top twenty-four. He's had, I think, 17 and 18 targets the last two games. Um, but yeah, Rasheed Rice is the lone target, uh, main target there at SMU. So I like him as the top receiver. In my opinion, there's not another receiver that I would want to have ahead of him right now. How about you? What well, do you, you feel know what? about I, that? I, I, think that uh, I think that the explanation you just gave there is, is a great one because people could look at this and go, you know, numbers that the first pick off the board for this number six team is the wide receiver 13. Why would they not go for wide receivers one through 12? And I think that, uh, that, that you've proven through the statistics and through the trends, if you're getting that many targets, like we just said, you have to have the quarterback getting you the ball for you to be able to produce as a wide receiver. And when you're getting double digit targets every single game, that's going to be more chances for you to actually do something. And like you said, there's not, other options that are getting double digit targets or eight to 10 targets at SMU. So he's going to be the guy. Um, so I think that that's, that's a great explanation as to why Rasheed Rice goes there. I'm not going to doubt that, uh, that coach's logic whatsoever. Um, and the schedule is pretty favorable. So they've got Navy this week. They play Cincinnati at home. Uh, so it's good that they get that game at home, but that's going to be a really tough uh, matchup for them. But I still don't think you can sit Rasheed Rice in any game. Uh, because of those targets and then they have Tulsa, Houston, South Florida, Tulane. So love the schedule for him to continue putting up those numbers. Uh and he's another one where if the touchdowns come, he's going to skyrocket up the the re- receiver rankings. So then uh, the next one, this is when things get kind of interesting because if you're drafting somebody for the rest of the season, you have to pay attention to the buys and week 7, 8 and 9 this year every year the way the buys fall are are interesting and they're they take on a little bit different dynamic. But this year it's like everybody has got buys in seven, eight, nine, including mm-hmm. Ohio State. So you're drafting a guy that you can't even play this week. So let's talk about Marvin Harrison, the wide receiver four. So he's averaging twenty point seven five points per game, which is less than Emeka Buka who's, uh, you know, up there, one of the top receivers, but he's playing the position of Smith and Jigba. I think they're going to work work it out to where they're all in the field and all getting touches, but I think Harrison will be less affected when Smith and Jigba comes back. Um, so I like him I like him there. He's currently the wide receiver four. Uh, I think that's going to continue. You can always take from that Ohio State offense. Uh, and then... At, you know, team eight, position eight here, um, I've got Zach Charbonnet, who's been incredibly consistent, and UCLA is rolling along. Um, I like DTR. I like Charbonnet a lot to finish out this season strong. 
All right, then you got a Zakari Frank. We talked about UTSA some. Now, this might be the guy that I would have come off the board first on mm -hmm. UTSA. It may not be the guy I'd have come off the board first. I will say this. You got Zakari Franklin here. I like Frank Harris a lot. Now, I think he might be one of the best guys to have on your team moving yep. forward. But like you said before we got on here, the top 16 or so quarterbacks are so close. It may not do you a lot of good to invest that highly in a quarterback because there's such a huge there's, – there's not as big drop-off from 1 to 16 – so even if Frank Harris is probably the most valuable player on the team, you may not want to draft him. You may want to go to their running backs and wide receivers first. So let's talk a little bit about Zakari Franklin and why he's up there with the ninth pick in the first round. Yeah, so let me pull up these stats real quick. So Zakari Franklin going into the season was um, – he was – you know, the pretty much consensus top guy for them, but Decorian Clark has kind of outplayed him uh, in terms of fantasy points. He has the one big game, though, with 44 fantasy points, 12 targets, nine catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. The rest of them has still been good. It's not bad, but Clark, he's got... Um, <clears throat> so last five games, his targets are 10, 7, 12, 9, and 7. Um, and then... Let me give you Franklin now, Matt. So it's 12, 12, 12, 8, and 8. So you love the consistency there. And then how about this for Joshua Cephas, who's currently wide receiver 3 in fantasy on this roster. 13 targets, um, 8, 7, 8, and 11. Um, so, man, it's uh, pretty incredible, all these UTSA receivers. Um, but yeah, I like Franklin for his consistency and, and touchdowns. And, and the, the oddity here too, in this draft, um, cause you guys aren't looking at the sheet, um, that we are, but, um, the first eight picks are all power five teams. Um, that's the first guy from a group of five team that's come off the board. And, um, normally at the end of the season is when you're going to have in conference games, you're going to have a lot of the power or the group of five guys really starting to explode. So it's interesting to see that Zakari Franklin is the first group of five guy off of the board at this point, you would think that there'd be some group of fives that'd be jumping up a little bit higher. Um, yep. Speaking of group of five, we got UAB, Dwayne McBride. Uh, he's the running back 17, but he is the, the number 10 running back. What you got right there for him, B-Mac? Touches, man. Like that's another thing that you want out of uh, out of a receiver. So if you go back, he didn't play September 1st and then uh, against Liberty 20 carries 177 yards and a touchdown he follows that up against georgia southern which is pretty solid uh 28 carries 223 yards four touchdowns then he goes uh, against rice uh 27 121 and a touchdown and then last week didn't really play a lot of the game but 12 carries 120 yards and three more touchdowns um he's a must start just about every week and then we've got your boy, Vanaconda, that you talked about. He's number one in fantasy points per game, obviously, with that monster performance. Um, but um, he's got a tougher schedule, playing some harder defenses the rest of the season. Uh, maybe Rodney Hammond comes back and takes some of his carries sometime soon. So we'll see. That's why our current uh, CFF RB1 is the 11th pick off the board. So I'll tell you this, I, 
if I was a part of this draft, if I was team number one, based on moving forward in the season, I probably would draft a Bonaconda number one, because even though we had this massive game last week, outside of his shoulder injury game, he has already been crushing it all year. Like we said earlier, he wasn't playing against some, you know, Sisters of Mercy last week. He was playing against Virginia Tech that prides himself on defense, and he had the best game in Pitt Panther history. Yep. Um, I would have a hard time not putting him up there at the top, specifically based on the rules of this draft. Somebody that you want just for the rest of the season, are they going to be able to help you get to a fantasy football championship? And it's difficult to take a guy that's already had, you know, what, 40 and 70 or close to that um, games this season and not put him up there really up near the top. And I may have misspoken on the 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 draft. I'm sorry, the, yes, the remaining schedule. So they play... Louisville this week. Um, they play North Carolina on the road. They host Syracuse. They play at Virginia. They host Duke, and then they play at Miami. Like that's not bad at all. Like you can start them. You would definitely start them every game. Oh yeah, absolutely. So then uh, the next one on the board. So the last pick of the first round, and we're gonna probably once we get to the end of the first round, probably go a little bit a little bit quicker through the second round. So um. Last pick of the first round, team number 12, picks to Corey and Clark from UTSA. So this is the second person from UTSA that's been picked, and this is the first team that's had two guys off the board, which is pretty crazy to think that the runners have two guys in the first round. Wild. Wild. <laughs> I know. I know. And it'll all change next year. <laughs> um, we've got Ollie Jennings um, at number 13. He's averaging 24 a game. He's got a tough matchup this week at, at Coastal Carolina. Um, but, yeah, Ollie Jennings is putting up 24 a game right now. Um, then the first quarterback off the board, QB1 on the list, doesn't even get picked until the second round. BMAC, uh, tell us a little bit more about why the quarterbacks go so low in this uh, in this redraft. It's just because there's like, I think 16, 15 or 16 players all within that 30 to 40 point range, um, which makes quarterbacks less valuable. So um, May, you know, if you love them, you could have taken him a little bit earlier if you wanted to. The schedule is like this, where it's Duke this week, uh, Pitt, UVA, and then it's at Wake, then it's Georgia Tech, then it's a rivalry game against nc state in the fantasy championship so there's a couple tough ones in there with wake and nc state but um may is qb1 right now he's putting up 40 points a game and uh taking him over stroud would be difficult but if you're just positioning yourself for the rest of the season um it's not crazy so then uh, we had a, the, the mini run on QB, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State coming up next. Yep, no need to talk about him. They're just a machine. The only thing that stops C.J. Stroud is when their running backs take over. So um, I don't uh, like doubt that that's going to happen a couple games where Henderson hopefully gets back super healthy along with Mayan Williams, and, and they can take over games on their own. So we'll see. Uh, it's just kind of uh, – a product of game flow and how who scores the early touchdowns. Cause if it's, you know, running backs dominating the first quarter touchdowns, it's not a good sign for Stroud if, uh, in terms of being able to pass the ball in a blowout win. All right. Then we go back to wide receiver, another group of five receiver, Keelan Stokes from Tulsa. 
Yep. Love Keelan Stokes. Love this Tulsa offense. Him and, and Bryn uh, just have a great connection. He's averaging 20 fantasy points a game. Um, and uh, he's getting great uh, touches every single week. Very consistent. And then uh, the next one off the board, uh, very interesting, decided to go in the second round with a tight end. Now, tight ends are always tough, and this is the opposite of of, uh, what you're going to get at the quarterback position. There is a humongous drop-off at tight end outside of the top two guys. So uh, they decided they wanted to jump up, get that tight end, and hopefully be able to still get some of those those upper-end guys getting into the third and fourth round. Uh, But uh, you got uh, Brock Bowers from UGA that goes with the – that goes with the fourth pick, fifth pick, fifth pick in the second round. And you could argue higher, honestly. Like, take a look at him versus Sakari Franklin. Like, Bowers has a higher fantasy points per game. That's crazy, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that uh, that you have a tight end that's going to be doing that. But again, there's only a couple tight ends out there that are going to have that situation going on. So, you know, it's, sometimes it's worth it if you can get that guy that'll help you to, to if you may have a, a net, you might get 15 more points than your opponent's tight end position. You, you can pick that up at your running back or wide receiver if you've drafted. Well, you may not be able to pick it up at tight end. Yep, and we'll go a little rapid fire here to finish. So we've got A.T. Perry um, uh, next for Wake, and uh, that offense has been great. Um, Perry's the, the top receiver, so just expect that to con- continue to roll throughout the rest of the season. We've got Blake Corum, who could have been higher. But Donovan Edwards is coming back, getting healthier, and Michigan is actually going to start playing teams with a pulse this week. So we'll see how that goes um, as the rest of the season continues between potentially splitting touches and playing a more difficult schedule. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, he's actually averaging more fantasy points per game than uh, Brock Bowers, so you could argue that. But I just think that UGA offense is um, a bit more potent than old Notre Dame. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully Notre Dame can kind of pick it up on the offensive side. Here we got the second guy from the UNC offense, Josh Downs. Consider wide receiver 60. Why do you think Josh Downs is up so high um, in the in the uh, the draft right now? Yeah, he's just uh, – he'll, he'll continue to get better and get those touchdowns. He's healthy now, and uh, this just held him back just a little bit. So he's, he's only got – a total of 73.9 fantasy points on the season. Um, but he's averaging in the games that he plays 18.48. So we'll, that's going to continue to rise, I feel like. And a very safe pick the rest of the year going along with our current QB1, Drake May. All right, then uh, Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State. Iowa State just to jump into the rankings right now, wide receiver seven. Yeah, so take a look or listen at these targets here. So Hutchinson, the last um, five games, it's pretty absurd. 19, 11, 13, 19, 17. That's unbelievable. You've you got <laughs> to think that, that opposing defenses are going to make that number go way down as the season goes on, cut him off first, force them to go somewhere else. You would think so, but, I mean, that Iowa State offense has been pretty pitiful. But if you're going to have anyone, it should be Hutchinson with those uh, with those numbers. And if I would have told you, if you would have told me that the team that had the most number of players drafted in this redraft in the first two rounds was going to be the UTSA Roadrunners, <laughs> I would have said that you're crazy. But three of the top 24 picks, UTSA, 
Frank Harris, love the way Frank Harris plays. Great passing quarterback, great running quarterback. Um, really like seeing his numbers. He's got Florida International coming up. Florida International is a team that got beat 73-0 by Western Kentucky earlier in the year. This <laughs> week is set up for him to have a crushing game. So uh, Frank Harris could really uh, jumpstart the end of the season with a performance this week. By the way, I know in, in the home league you've got Frank Harris, and I'm playing against Zakari Franklin and Decorian Clark from UTSA this weekend. Not looking forward to it at all. Um, but hopefully our last pick here does well this week um, against a pretty tough defense, though. Uh, Xavier Worthy. Um, he's averaging 13.5 fantasy points per game. Um, but now that yours is healthy um, and someone that can actually throw a deep ball to Xavier Worthy, you just kind of expect that. He, he would be really difficult. Let me put it this way. He'll be really difficult to sit any week against any defense that they play um so i expect worthy even though he had a disappointing game last week with just one touchdown and 29 yards or whatever i expect that to uh skyrocket as a feature receiver on this team so there's a couple of guys that i think that if i was because i wasn't able to be a part of this redraft uh, with, uh, with everything the travel of new york comic-con there's a couple of guys that i would say i would have looked at potentially as draft picks in this top 24. I'm not saying they would have been the number one guy, but but possibly with my second round pick. Uh, you got Kayla Laybourne from uh, Marshall. You got Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Uh, you got Nathaniel Dell from Houston. And then also Dante Cephas from Kent. I know he's had an up and down year, but in the last two weeks, he's had 22 receptions, 364 yards and two touchdowns. So if you're looking for trends going into the end of the season, I think he's finally getting off the schneid there for Kent. Uh, those are four guys that I would have considered as well uh, to potentially be drafted in that in that those first two rounds. For the sake of time, let's just uh, skip on news and notes today because we've got them all posted up in Discord, and then we'll be posting them all uh, as the you know updates come in for Bryce Young and everyone else. Um, We'll be posting those up in the Discord, so just go there, check it out before you set your lineups or as you're setting your lineups, and uh, it's more up to date than than Fantrax typically. And today we're gonna we're gonna go through the top fives. You guys come on here to be able to uh, to hear the top fives. We're gonna go through a little bit quicker. You guys know how this works. If you're listening and it's week seven, uh, you know the way that the uh, the CFB Dynasty site works. If you are up here and this is the first time, get your butt subscribed to CFBDynasty.com so you can see these rankings as well. So we're going to go to the top five quarterbacks. You've heard us talk about three of the five guys in the top five for this week, but there's a couple guys that you have not heard us talk about. So at number one is Drake May from UNC. BMAC, is there anything else we want to say about him we haven't already said? Huge over under 67 points. Uh, should be a shootout between UNC and Duke. So like all the numbers point to a really good game yet again for Drake May. And the, again, the health of the receivers uh, continues to improve. So, man, uh, got to feel good about Drake May, except for me because I'm playing against him and those UTSA receivers this week. Yikes. The number two, we got Todd Centeno. Over under for him at James Madison is the same 67. So they expect to shoot out there at James Madison. They have a, uh, a 10, 10.5 point spread. They expect him to put up tons of points. And at number three, we've got your boy, Frank Harris, UTSA. Um, last uh, few games, he's put up 48, 39, and 29. 
And uh, yeah, another good, healthy 64 for the over-under. But it's it's expected to be a total beatdown of yeah. Florida International. 32-point spread in that game in uh, UTSA's <laughs> way. Never would have thought you'd see a number like that against a, uh, a, a D1 opponent. The data doesn't look good, but I'm hoping they run the ball a lot. <laughs> uh, number four, Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. His numbers have been down slightly since that Florida International game. But um, Florida International, like we said, Frank Harris is playing them this week. But uh, Austin Reed is still a quality quarterback that's out there. Highest, uh, highest over under in the uh, top five. So at five, this is assuming a healthy Bryce Young. Um, against the Tennessee passing defense that is ready to give up touchdowns. Um, even if Tennessee were to win the game, uh, you would expect Alabama to be able to go up and down the field. Um, Jameer Gibbs is a great play this week, but we just don't know the health of Bryce Young. Uh, they, they keep saying day-to-day, -day, but he didn't even play at all, even though you might have got a Bleacher Report alert like I did that he was in for the game and going to start after he was announced as a starting quarterback, but didn't happen, didn't play, so I don't know exactly what to think. And next is Max Duggan. He's at six, and uh, that's another huge over-under, 68.5. At this point, with no news, I would probably start Duggan over Young, and this was, again, just assuming a healthy Bryce Young, but we can jump to running back. All right, so running backs, top five. First one on the board is Dwayne McBride from UAB. I love seeing these guys from smaller schools being at the top of the rankings. BMAC, why is, uh, why is Dwayne McBride at number one? Yeah, you know, he's been super consistent, and he's scoring a 23 a game, and uh, they've got a, you know, the, the game script, so to speak, is what is – you know, hugely in his favor at UAB with a 24-point spread. You expect them to get up and start just pounding the ball early and often, and they'll finish the game just like that. It's a projected ending score, 43-19, to 19, uh, UAB over Charlotte. And then the next three guys we just talked about in the redraft, Bijan Robinson, Texas, and Iowa State. Uh, number three, Jameer Gibbs at Tennessee. And then Kayla Lamborn from Marshall playing against BMAC's favorite college outside of Florida, the ULL Raging Cajuns. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to when that video game comes back and I'll run a dynasty back with the Cajuns. But uh, yeah, he put up two touchdowns last night uh, with, with that game happening. So he lived up to the bill. And then at, at RB5, we've got Corum, even though he's going up against Penn State. Let's see what this Michigan O-line can do. Um, plenty of other good options as you go down the list with your boy LaDamian Webb and Rocket Sanders and Jaden Ott, but all of that data is there for you to uh, optimize your lineup this week. All right, jump down to wide receivers. Again, I believe most of these guys we spoke about in the previous segment will still list them. Uh, there is one guy that's new to the list. So first, number one, Rasheed Rice, SMU versus Navy. No need to say anything there. It's going to be uh, a high-scoring game, 35-23 uh, projected final there. Uh, wide receiver two, Chris Thornton from James Madison. I think part of that is because his quarterback is ranked so high, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. Chris Thornton is the guy. Yep, 67 point over under there. Uh, James Madison projected to score around 39. 
Um, with UTSA next, with the next two, they're projected to score 48. And again, that's one of those where if you have them both on the roster, uh, this happened a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week with Ohio State where you had the three and four both from Ohio State. Um, if you've got them both, you want to start them both, but it always is, it's always uh, tricky when you have two guys from the same team ranked so high. You know, will they will they split the yards? Will they split the targets? Um, you just want to hope that it's a it's a shootout and that that uh, for some reason Florida International is able to score some points so that that way uh, the starters can stay in that game for a little bit longer. No, that's not what we want at all this week. I'm playing against both of those guys. And then uh, number five is a guy that has not been talked about. I don't think ever on this podcast. Who we got at number five, B-Mac? What a shame. Rome Adonze? I don't know 100% how to say the name, so I, I apologize there. Um, but yeah, huge uh, amount of targets for this guy. He's he's looking like a, a total baller that you can start every week. Um, last few weeks, he's had 26 fantasy points, 27.6, and then 16. But the targets are extremely consistent, and it's uh, one of the biggest... Uh, over-unders of the week is uh, Washington, Arizona, 73. I think that might be the biggest. I think so there's it, one other one that's, yeah, but I, I don't. I haven't seen any one of the over-unders that's that big. Yeah, 44 to 28 there, projected final score. So that's the, uh, that's the top fives. Again, there's so much more information out there. We only talked about 15, 16 guys. If you're in a 12-team league, we may not have even touched on a guy that you have. It's easy to go with those top fives, but there's going to be guys farther down the rosters that uh that are going to be who's going to help you get your wins or uh make you get those losses if you don't play the right guys so encourage you urge you to get up to cfbdynasty.com uh subscribe you also want to get on the discord um we're gonna have to jump here real soon but you know that we can't jump before dun 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 bmac gives us his brisket lock (laughs) for the week bmac who is your brisket lock for this week i see the name i know it's gonna pain you it has got to pain you as a Florida Gator fan to solicit this guy as your brisket lock of the week. Who is it and how much heart failure did you have for typing that name on? <laughs> so real quick, last week we went with Dominic Richardson and he was fine. 67 yards and a touchdown against Tech. Man, with 19 carries, I thought if, you know, if he averaged five, it would have been a pretty solid game for him. Um, only a couple catches added to that. So it was it was all right, but we're not picking a top five starter here. And same with this game. Um, Hendon Hooker is my brisket lock selection this week. It just feels right for Tennessee, and it's, it's really just based on a feeling where they're at home, they're against Bama. Bama's got a, a wounded quarterback coming off a tough, hard-fought game at home against A&M, which was a surprise. So it feels like this is going to be the moment for Tennessee, and if it's going to happen, maybe they'll bust out the cigars uh, in Neyland this week. That that is a that is a very uh, a very adventurous brisket lock to pick a quarterback going up against Bama. I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, uh, I'm hoping hoping it it does well. So we'll see this week. Um, kind of. A QB 15 start for us, even though he's doing really well and that Tennessee offense is really thriving. And they still don't have Tillman back, but um, we'll see how yeah, it goes. He'll still be out for a couple more weeks, but uh, definitely hoping I Tillman was my first round pick in our in our, uh, our fill-in draft. So I'd love to be able to see him get back out there on the field and do something Same. for me. Same. All right. So we're going to have to jump here. BMAC, 
tell people where you want them to be at so they can get in contact with you and where else are you going to be podcasting? You're on a podcast um, tomorrow night or on Saturday uh, talking about starts and sits. We're going to do that, host that right in the Discord. Uh, probably no show this week. We're, we'll just continue to do it right in the Discord. So hit me up there, start Sid, if you have any questions. We want to hear about your trades and all the different things and get this Discord popping because we've got uh, some cool tools that we're working on um, as far as fantasy-wise. Might not launch this year, but it's going to be great. And it's all the, you know, all the target data that you want, all that stuff. So it's going to be a huge undertaking on our part to kind of switch databases which will affect nothing that you guys see it's just a lot of work on our end to deliver some cool stuff going into next year and if you're a fan of a certain team or a certain conference do not hesitate to go up there and make sure you put your news and notes because there's so many teams in college football uh it's very easy for uh, busy guys like us to to have some news or notes slip right past us so yep. we encourage you to go up to the Discord, get those news and notes up there. If you get a, a news or note that we share on the podcast, we'll make sure to give you a shout out. Um, so for me, uh, Matt Knowles at Dr. Anguish, Dr. Anguish on uh, Twitter and Instagram. As you see, I've got tinyearl.com forward slash airs TPP2. Uh, my, myself and my uh, creative partner at uh, In Symmetry Creation, Steph Cannon, are going to be launching a new Kickstarter for one of our comics, which is going to be the second issue of Heirs of Isildur. Uh, the Perilous Prospects is going to be on Kickstarter this coming Tuesday. We'd love to see you guys jump on over there and uh, bookmark it and then go up and get some cool stuff, be a part of that community when uh, when the Kickstarter launches. So uh, we'd love to see you guys follow us there as well. Uh, BMAC, I've had a lot of fun. Sorry, you apologize to you guys. A little bit shorter podcast uh, than we've had in recent weeks but I've got to jump onto another call that I can't miss. Uh, so I uh, really appreciate you guys being up here. Hope you guys take this extra seven or 10 minutes. Go get yourself some good brisket so you can have a brisket lock, be powered up for your own brisket lock. Be back. Any last words from you? I need some brisket. So that's it. Uh, All right, guys. Got to hit this we, week. We uh, thank you guys for, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with our week seven reactions and week eight as we're getting ready to head into the playoffs. Uh, we, uh, we love you guys. We thank you guys for being with us on the CFB Dynasty Podcast. See ya.